Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam L. That's what you're going with? Yeah. Okay. I, was, yeah. I, didn't, mean, I didn't intend to do that. It just started happening. I suppose. Sometimes you got to roll with it. Yeah. Well, my name is Jeremy. And we're here <laughs> today for the, what are we, it's another B-Sides episode. We're going to kick it off with the last issue of New Mutants. We did them all. This is it. This is the last episode. We're done. You should uh, you should carve out all of your New Mutants conversation uh, and and make like a New Mutants supercut podcast. That's like three episodes long. That's a great idea, but I'm not going to do that. But if someone wants to do that, by all means, I do, I do like that idea. But man, that would be a lot of. Not a lot of work, just a lot of time. It'd be a lot of time. It'd be pretty easy to put together, but uh, it would be a lot of, I think, you, Adam, describing things and me just being like, uh-huh, because <laughs> I didn't read many of the issues. Uh, and uh, if it all culminates into this issue uh, 100, then uh, I don't know if it was really worth anybody's time. Well, I think you start talking about it once Rob Liefeld takes over. Yeah. Then you start getting into it. Yeah. And there, well, there was a period uh, during Brett Blevins where I was like, this is interesting, uh, but that didn't last that long. So it'd be about two hours of me talking to myself and then an hour of us talking about New Mutants. Pretty much. This one's uh, 48 pages long. It's double-sized. It's, uh, it's a cover price of $1.50. It sure doesn't feel like a double-paged uh, issue, though. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm pretty certain that I bought this. I think there was definitely a lot of hype around uh, the final issue of New Mutants, the the the, the birth of X Force. I'm sure at this point, actually, I'm not sure. Do we know if Jim Lee's X Men is being is coming out soon? I feel like we do. I don't know what the time of that is. I don't, we definitely know that X-Force is coming. So I'm guessing we probably know that X-Men is coming because I feel like those two things are hand in hand. It it feels like it. It feels like they're only like a couple of issues out of sync, but uh, we could totally look this up, but I'm not going to. Um, I think the news, though, is hand in hand. I feel like you're right, you know, because you've got you certainly got to me, uh, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man kind of kicks off like let's do a bunch of new number ones for established series series series. Uh, and, and while he's on issue seven, like Liefeld's like, I want to do X-Force. Let's let's cancel this new mutants thing. Um, so I feel like there's got to be an article in uh, Marvel uh, uh, com- or, um, Marvel Age. Where they're talking about, you know, join the X Revolution. It all kicks off with X Force number one. And then this summer, stay tuned for X Men. I'm guessing. There's probably some hype about whoever's taking over Uncanny X Men, and there's probably some X Factor noise in there as well. Yeah. yeah it's kind of weird that they didn't reboot X Factor. I mean, they, they reboot the cast, of course, but there's not like a, well, let's do a, an issue one of that. But. Maybe they just didn't realize the values of brand new number ones at that point where everything has been rebooted multiple times. Yeah. They're still learning. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, New Mutants number 100. Like I said, I, I bought this. I think I bought this this issue, uh, but I definitely bought They re-released it like a few months later with like the gold foil background. I bought that. Uh, and I think that's when they started doing their second printings with kind of that foil uh, uh, stuff happening on the cover. They did that for uh, New Mutants number 86. 
Didn't, I'm pretty sure they did that for this, didn't they? They had to. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they definitely okay. did it for this. Yeah, so the, the, that's the introduction to Cable. I don't have that original issue, but I have that second printing with the, I think the I cold. Also have yeah, the second printing. Which probably is completely worthless, but at the time it was like, oh, there's gold on the cover. This is going to be worth something. Okay. Let's look it up. Well, it it's, is it, worth, uh, it's worth $10. Yeah. It's just like the, uh, the Silver yes. Spider Man uh, issue. Where I think issue number one was normal, but they also made the silver variant, right. and I think that was like the hotness. Except that I think at the end of the day, the none of those were worth anything because there were so oh, many yeah. of them, I, and it might be something where the second print is worth more than the first print, or there's probably some rare, ridiculous prints. Yeah. So if you had a if you had a first print copy of New Mutants number eighty seven, it's worth two hundred dollars. Okay. And a second print copy, the gold version, is worth ten dollars. So okay. not bad, not, not bad, bad, not bad, not a, not a great investment, right? Because you've been lugging it around for your entire life, you know, putting it in <laughs> moving boxes and trucks and whatnot uh, as you've progressed through your life. But yeah, still a pretty good return on investment. Now you just have to find somebody who's going to give give you ten dollars for it. Oh, I'm sure that's not hard. That's what eBay is for. Because if you go to a comic book shop and say, "I want to sell my New Mutants number one hundred second to print," I bet you they'd offer you three bucks. Probably. And then throw it on the shelf for 10 Or even more, $12. New Mutants number 100 first print is worth $12, and the second print is worth $10. Oh. And I do have the first print. Yeah. I'm I guessing I, they I think print- I got it at like PNC or uh, one of those grocery store chains or Rite Aid or something like that. That's, yeah. I'm pretty sure I I just picked it up at the local shop. Well, this, this is before we were going to. Norwood. Yeah, but this is when I was definitely sort of roped back in, right? Because I collected comic books in the late 80s, stopped for a little bit, and then you and I started talking. I was like, yeah, yeah, I love comic books. I like comic books. And then I started buying comic books again. Uh, And then so this is like, I think right at the the peak of like, oh, I got to... Somehow I had some money, not a bunch, but I was like, I want to get all the number ones and start start buying all these because they're going to be worth something. Right, because there was that whole investor boom happening, which which was sparked by all these hot artists, right? Whose first issues we probably didn't have, right? Which were actually worth something, right? And now we're what we didn't know then, what we know now. Although I don't know if it still helps, is that when you jump on the train late in the game, you're not going to get any money. Yeah. Speaking of which, you're going to start buying some Bitcoin, Adam. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> Me too. I think now is the best time to start buying Bitcoin. This Definitely episode's now. sponsored by Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this cover, Adam. Um, I think that uh, Domino, Shatterstar, uh, and Wolfsbane too uh, look feral. Feral look pretty good. Um. Who who's the Indian guy? Thunder Thunderbird guy? is he Thunderbird? still called Thunderbird? Okay, his Thunderbird two maybe. His arms are out of control. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like these clay blobby things at the end of his elbows. Um, and I know that we're going for a perspective here, but uh, it's pretty rough. They're masked well enough that. They're not the central focus. They are not. So I'll give I'll give whoever props for that. I mean, that, if you cover uh, up those arms, he's got a great chest. He's got got a great set of shoulders. The face is good. It's just when you get to those arms, you're like, wow. Yeah, they're blobs. 
Cable and Boom Boom and Cannonball. So I guess the classic New Mutants uh, are in the background, and they're small enough that they look just fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's it. We got a, the 100 final issue stamped all across the background, which uh, was probably super awesome back then. But now I just see it and I'm like, this is distracting. Why not just at the very top say, fabulous final issue, number 100, The New Mutants, and then have either a solid purple background or actually draw a background? Oh, this is probably an attempt at a gimmick. Sure. Or some sort of printing technique that they were trying out. See, we're getting towards the age of, I mean, we've already passed Spider-Man 1, as you mentioned, so mm-hmm. we've, got, we've got our silver covers. So this is probably another technique that they're just like... Let's try this. This works. Yeah. Marketing's going crazy right now. They're like, covers are the thing. Some guy is right now saying, like, what if we put these in bags? Somebody else is like, that'll never work. And then two years later, get trading cards bagged in your comics. Now you have to buy two copies in order to be able to read it. It's unfair, I tell you. A few months later, I think it's like X-Force 1 is the first one that I remember that did that. Did they polybag X-Force 1? Yeah, oh and there God. were five different cards. Yeah, so you had to buy five copies plus a sixth copy if you wanted to read it. I thought that was X Men number one. Now X Men number one had four different covers and then a special edition. Oh, there weren't. If you wanted okay. the uh, yeah, gatefold, yeah. yeah, and the super nice paper, yeah. But but all of those X Men ones with the four different covers were polybagged. No, they weren't. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I guess I don't. I don't remember. I'm a hundred percent. Okay. The and I, I I think if you, the 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 book that we constantly reference talks about how when they were doing the Spider-Man one, they figured out a lot of these techniques, mm-hmm. and that's I don't know. It's kind of interesting. A, a lot of them were mistakes that they thought looked cool, and then they just sort of figured out how to make them work. Yeah. This is neat. Yeah. Okay. Well. But there was, I believe, there was a poly bagged for no apparent reason because there was nothing extra in it. Spider-Man number one, and that's probably worth mm. just billions of dollars. Th- wasn't there a polybagged Ghost Rider? Um, there if was, there is, I had it. There I was mean, eventually, eventually that, there there was the polybagged Ghost Rider, which is in the thirties. Okay. The ghost, the first Ghost Rider one was uh, the Glow in the Dark cover. Yeah, which I don't think has happened yet. Uh, no, in the timeline we're at. Okay. And yeah. That was, that was wicked. It was awesome. I had that hanging on my wall. Wow, there you go. So we open up this book here, this New Mutants number 100, and uh, the New Mutants are en route to the danger room because there's an intruder, which we saw last issue sort of uh, appear in the danger room. Technically, there's two intruders, but the intruder alert hasn't figured out that Feral's on the premises. So. It- not a great system. No, not really. And so they, they make their way into the danger room, and there's Shatterstar with his double-bladed sword fighting uh, a bunch of wheelie robots. Fighting the danger room, basically. But basically, And so the new mutants, they, they jump in because they want to apprehend this intruder. And this one's titled The End of the Beginning, whereas the last two were The Beginning of the End. Rob the end Liefeld of the beginning doesn't really make any sense. Is on the plot, pencils, and inks. That's interesting. I didn't know he inked his own work. Fabian Nicesia is on the script, words, and hair loss. Joe Rosen's on letters, calligraphy, and eye strain. 
Brad Venkata, Colors, Hues, and Passports, which I don't understand. Yeah, I think they're kind of losing the, the the joke there. Yeah, Bob Harris edits zookeeping, freelance whipping. I get that. Uh, Tom DeFalco edits in chief cannolis and two fists. Uh, is Tom DeFalco Italian? And Adam, have uh, you ever had a good cannoli? I've had a good cannoli. I don't know that I've had a great cannoli. Oh. One would have to have a great cannoli in order to know. I've had, I like all cannolis. So I guess that makes me wonder, have I had a really good one? Yeah. Uh, the first cannoli I had was a homemade cannoli, and it was amazing. I've probably had a homemade cannoli at some point in my life. So, anyways, they uh, the New Mutants are are able to apprehend Shatterstar and be like, "Why are you here? What are you doing? What's your Relax, problem, buddy. man? Get your hands off me, Mojo Sniffer!" So right. right away, we know. He's referring to the Mojoverse. I don't know who you are or where I am, but I don't give up to spiral-sucking monkeys. These all seem kind of forced. They're very forced. But at least we know where he's from. It's nice to, to see these little little references. Spiral-sucking monkeys? Uh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, Domino's getting ready to tie up Shatterstar, who's on the ground. But Shatterstar's able to prop himself up and spar with domino I, if i was domino i'd be like hey where'd you get your your pouches they're exactly like my pouches <laughs> your you pouches the are same like pouch store it's the martha moment for this issue <laughs> why did you have pouches why do you have pouches um yes yeah, so they they spend way too much time sparring um oh, it's a double-sized issue this is how we roll we got at least 38 pages to fill yeah uh, and Shatterstar's swords, he's got like gauntlets on his sword and, and apparently they fire beams cause he's able to shoot at, uh, uh, cannonball who's like, Oh my God, I felt that through my blast, which he's not supposed to be able to do. Oh, there was something else and, and I might've gone past it or maybe it's coming up. Uh, but cannonball's getting stealthier at his blasting. That was from last issue. Okay. So they, they reference it again. Yeah. Okay. This issue. So just showing some some uh, uh, training growth, which will play a huge part of the end of this issue. <laughs> and Cable steps up to show everybody why he's the leader and wins the day. So this would have been more effective, in my opinion. You've got Cable sort of walking up behind Shatterstar, and he's like um, very foreboding. And like you said, he's gonna he's going to put a stop to this. I feel like it would have been more effective if on the next page he's like, okay, I'm listening, but instead they start fighting. <laughs> right? That's us, boy. Toughest mojo kissers on the block. I think we've all had just about enough of you, and we get four panels of them fighting. Boom Boom yeah, says, I, I agree. Just don't touch his face, okay? He's very attractive. I, I guess. I don't know how she can tell. He's got a mask that covers like three quarters of his face. Yes. I guess he's got a cute nose and chin. Yes. Uh, and so Cable is able to knock him down, get his sword away from him. Uh, and he's like, hey, good to meet you. It's good to meet I you. I am Shatterstar. I am a blood warrior of the Cadre Alliance. I am not to be made a fool of. Cable punches him in the face with the gauntlet sword, to which Boom Boom's like, oh, man, right in the face. <laughs> Don't you just know it right in the face. Uh, so they take him to the Medi Station, 
Thunderbird is carrying him over his shoulder. <laughs> it's very comical. <laughs> these very, very round buttocks just, just sticking yes, up in the air. He's very large, and uh, what's his name is very small. Shatterstar is very small. It's just, to me, I feel like... And I can't draw, so I'm, I'm just I'm just a critic. But wouldn't I feel like uh, Rob Liefeld's like just one take? You know, he just does it. He's like, yeah, it's good, moving on. And and Jeremy, sometimes butts are butts are round. That's how it works. And sometimes like his drawing is good. You got a really, a really good face. You got really good pouches. And then other times you get this where he's like, I'm not doing this over again. Next page. <laughs> he only draws butts once. But uh, well, I mean, drawing class shows you butts around even the angle. I mean, I guess the angle is OK. Like everybody else looks it's sort of like a top down three quarter perspective uh, and everybody's more or less OK. Thunderbird, his proportions are out of control, um, but at least at least they look perspectively correct. Although we don't really know where they are because the background is just like four 90s rectangles. <laughs> that are all just kind of skewed. I would expect to see that graphic in front of a living color sketch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sure. Anyways, we get some scenes with Farrell watching all of this from a, let's say she's in the danger room booth. I don't know where else you would be able to see all this. Uh, she's in. She's, she seemed to be in the ventilation shafts. Yeah. And the ventilation shafts have windows into the danger room so she can take a peek she crawls away and that's when some bad guys show up the generic bad guys uh these are the mojo bad guys i guess yeah the one guy in the back left there looks like he has a magneto helmet which is kind of fun they're they're purple and red and blue and they have shoulder pale pads. yellow skin yeah they definitely they all have to have shoulder pads one guy has wings yeah None of these are like generic, just kind of freehand sketchy sort of, I'm just going to whip up a bunch of bad guys. So these guys show up, they're, they're Mojo-verse guys, and they, they want to come get Shatterstar. And then on the next page, we get some Morlocks led by Mask. So everything is coming to a head, Adam. Yeah, it's all building up. It's all They're all going to collide in a super awesome battle, I bet. And I wonder, you know, this green guy with the the mohawk and the uh, sideburns. I, I would just wonder if that this is a, a proto savage dragon for Eric Larson. <laughs> Eric Larson read this, and he's like, "Oh my, I like that guy. I'm taking Ooh, that's, him." That's kind of a cool color scheme. Yep. And the mohawk, um, I'm going to make him into a dragon. This is brute and hump. I guess <laughs> his name is not Hump, is it? Yeah. The the one one guy is brute, and the other guy is hump. What's Hump's power? Uh, <laughs> they're, they're apparently brothers. Oh, um, that's, it's getting weird, Adam. One of them's green. The other one's kind of aqua. So they bring... They essentially look the same. Yeah, they bring Shatterstar to the, the Medi, Medi Bay or whatever. And they're like, what's your story? Uh, hey, he, he's coming around now. Don't hit his face, okay? So he talks about how he is part of the rebellion or something like that. I have been sent by the Cadre Alliance to seek the heroes of legend, the freedom fighters known as the X-Men. Right. 
and we get some flashes of him running around on Mojo Planet with uh, some very rough drawings of Mojo and uh, M- uh, Major Domo. I think that's who that's supposed to be. I think it's just that the coloring is so flat. It just makes it seem less than it is. There's only one person that can should be allowed to draw Mojo, and that's Art Adams. <laughs> just, just saying it. Because uh, these are, it's the colors are bad, uh, and something about the design. Well, he's doing his classic Rob Liefeld evil smile. Yeah, well, the big. Which is what everybody does, and so then ultimately just everybody looks the same because they all do that same triangle V smile or whatever you want to call it. So we get a bit so of a this re. Is Mojo 5 and his executioner spiral. Yeah. And we learn that Shatterstar is from Longshot's future. Right, a uh, hundred years passed, and this is this is kind of a, a good callback because as we've discussed, time runs strange in uh, Mojo Land or, or Longshot Land, wherever Longshot comes from. But we see the X Men sort of appear, and I guess probably go do their mission, uh, and then that is legendary, so all these people know about it. Uh, and then the other neat thing that I liked is that uh, since Shatterstar appears in the Danger Room. Uh, in a very similar fashion to Longshot, it, it it all connects. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's like, you don't look like the X-Men. And Cable's like, yeah, we're better. <laughs> we're better. And if I were inclined to believe your story, we could more than fill their role. So he doesn't believe the story, I guess. We literally just joined. A, like, most of us just joined. Yeah. But we're better. But we're better. Even though... I'd probably, me being Cable, qualify Boom Boom and Cannibal as rookies, but right. we're better. <laughs> uh, even Domino, it's, I don't know where she says it, but she's like, yeah, I'm I'm like the nursemaid of this outfit. I'm like, you just showed up like two issues ago. Yeah. Well, that's, this is the cool thing about this issue when I first bought it. It was issue 100. Right. I didn't know. I was like, oh, yeah, these guys have been together forever. It does sort of have that feel as you read this, because I didn't really read much New Mutants, uh, that, okay, this has been going on for at least 20 issues, right? Like, yeah. the cast kind of rolled over. These people have sort of, much like the X-Men, like, sort of join up and become a, a we get to know them, become a premier member. Um, but, yeah, all of these people have just shown up, except for Boom Boom, except for Boom Boom. And Cannibal. Well, uh, so what I'm trying to say there is Cannonball is the only original member. Uh, yeah. And like you said, like Boom Boom has only been here for maybe, what, seven issues, ten issues? Um, she showed up. No, she was there for – she's been there at least for 20. Okay. So – and then Domino has been there for two. <laughs> she showed up in 98. And Thunderbird has been here for two or one. One, including <laughs> – well, two, including this one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although he wasn't even part of the team in the last one. Right. This, he's a part of the team, so. So, Boom Boom's like, well, I'm going to go get some food. Jeez, is he a cutie or what? Maybe a little too tense, but so are the rest of the boys in this outfit. I wonder if he could eat any of our food without chucking a lung or something. Then again, no one can eat my cooking without tossing it, even me. <laughs> I'm such a girl. I'm a 90s kid. <laughs> And she goes into the kitchen and she sees Farrell up on the counter getting a glass of water or something. And she's like, ew, gross. What are you? Why is she on the counter? Because she's Farrell. Like, what is she doing? She's getting a glass of water. 
She, did she go through the cupboards on the top, top counter? Is she getting toast? There's a toaster there. Look at him. She was scurrying around the Danger Room HVAC system. She got <laughs> hot. She got hungry. She got thirsty. So she popped down into the kitchen. And since she's kind of a wolf-like thing, she's got to be standing on the counter. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so she she lunges out at Boom Boom rather than being like, hey, I'm a Morlock and I need help. Sorry, Blondie, but I can't let myself get caught. And Boom Boom drops a time bomb, says we aren't trying to catch you. I could make a strong time bomb strong enough to curl your tail. Cannonball shows up. Everybody else shows up because they needed to see what was going on in the kitchen. I guess they heard the sound of the time bomb. So she starts this thing off with, sorry, Blondie, but I can't let myself get caught. And then she ends the sequence saying, um... I'm running away from Mask who wants to kill me. Will you help? Which you got is surprised. Where, which is where you start. You don't start with, <laughs> let me just attack these people that I want to hang out with. You know, it's comics and also she was she was surprised and she's probably her name her name is Farrell, so she's probably not a good person to surprise. Okay. She'll probably attack you even if you're your teammate. Who okay. knows? I don't know. That's my that's my feeling. I guess we'll find out as we learn more about her in the pages of New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> she does say, I was getting some food. I was hungry. Um, and then she says, you need to help me. Um, this is the best. The next page. The single best panel is that little silhouette thing. <laughs> I love it. It's great. And basically what it is, is it's uh, Thunderbird. Uh, a couple of, like, movie lights. So I'm kind of wondering, like, is this supposed to be, like, the movie that's happening in the Mojoverse? Well, I think they're supposed to be, I don't know if you've ever been in an emergency room, but they are, like, medical oh, lights. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, and Domino's there as well. Um, I don't know why they threw it in, but I like it. Silhouettes are cool. I mean, it makes good use of the space. It's kind of Mad Magazine-esque. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I liked it. I was a huge Mad Magazine fan growing up. I I wish, I wish, it would be interesting if somebody could make an entire story with little silhouetted pictures that were this size for an entire 24-page issue. It'd be like, <laughs> sure like, like 7,000 little panels. No dialogue. <laughs> all of the story is told through all these little tiny um, action panels. Oh, no dialogue. That's That's impressive. Yeah. Well, you can't put tiny little word balloons in there. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, an alarm goes off. Uh, on Shatterstar's sensory equipment, telling him that members of the... It's very tiny. I have to squint. Members of the Imperial Protectorate are here. So apparently he's got proximity alert sensors on his person, or he set them up in the mansion. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it, it seems like it set them up in the mansion, but whatever. It's probably just coming off of his ponytail somewhere. <laughs> uh, Thunderbird asks, how tough are these guys? And Shatterstar lies and said, each one is like 10 of me put together. Let's see. Multiply by three. Carry the one. Math jokes. Oh, the heck with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that she says the Jones with it. Oh, the Jones with it. Right, because it's a hashtag dollar at exclamation point indicating, uh, referencing somebody's last name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back okay. to back, tight formation, says Shatterstar, taking the lead for some reason. Their regenerative biochemical constructs do not let me, do not let up for an instant. 
and there's suddenly at least five of them. Yeah. Uh, we saw when they initially beamed in, there was five of them. Now, when we see them here, there's, or when we, when we first saw them, there was three of them. And then two of those beamed into the room that they're the Medi Bay or whatever it is. Now there's five of them. Thunderbird says, life's just going to be a whole lot of fun from now on, isn't it? Okay, then. Okay. Let's rock and roll! Takes out two of them. Kathump, kathump. I, I can't figure out how many of these guys there are. Oh, there's a portal that is bringing more of them through. I see. The Adam, bottom of the page where Domino kicks one of them's head backwards. It uh, There's a portal, and two more are jumping through the portal. There are as many as there need to be. I just, I'm glad there's a portal. It's all it's all explained. All my all my criticism was for not. So Domino does a flying squat kick because it's not a side kick. She, her her right leg is tucked underneath her uh, with her knee sticking straight out, and then her left leg is going in for the kick. Well, she raises her hand up to balance her, so it's you know it's accurate. Sure, it just looks very silly. <laughs> yeah, Magneto's head goes backwards. Here I'm getting sort of a Judge Dread vibe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they they keep fighting. The portal keeps spitting more of these guys out. Oh, uh, and throughout this entire issue, we get some time codes. The gallery, sub-basement, level 2, 4.15 p.m. So this is all sort of playing out with, like, uh, time stamps for some reason. I guess indicating the the fast-paced action, maybe? <laughs> right sure. Be- because the previous time code when i was talking about those that that, that ink panel well that was at four thirteen p.m so a mere two minutes later they're uh-huh. engaged uh, in this uh, wrapping up this combat and then moving over to the galley where they're talking with feral this is very important information adam it is <laughs> need to know what time it is they hear an explosion and they all run off to the medi bay so two minutes later they finally hear the clatter, the clatter uh, the sound carries very slowly in the danger room and peeking around in the, the, in the Xavier's mansion in the and peeking around the corner of the galley was mask and uh, brute and brute too. hump. Oh, but brute and hump. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, how interesting. They're already have their hands full. Well, let's follow them and see if we Maybe can nail we them from behind. Come back some other time. Nope. Hyperthyroid baboon, now is the perfect time to attack. Right. But but follow, not too close. <laughs> so they head off uh, to, to, to join in the fight. Uh, it looks like Feral rips somebody apart, but whoever it is has, like, grayish-green blood. <laughs> I knew I smelled something funny, and now so will they. Their own blood! That's a great line. <laughs> Hmm, says Cable. Cannonball says, reminds me of Wolverine and Sabretooth. Boom Boom says, and Manson. Oh, yeah, sure. That's that's dark. Yeah. The syrupy junkies gushing out ain't human blood. These must be the people after Shatterstar concludes Cable. Come on! I like Shardlestar. Mm. We should Shardlestar. Just, Shardlestar. Yeah. Shardlestat. There you go. Uh, and they make their way. People keep going hmm, through this issue. This is his thing. Because hmm. every time something's happening, he's like, hmm. dot, dot, dot. Well, that's his catchphrase. I guess so. I'm getting too old for this. He says on a full page panel of 
bad guys coming through portals and getting their butts kicked and uh yeah they're pretty much getting destroyed they don't seem to be like their tent of Shatterstar is no, what I'm saying. No, not at all. I feel like when Rob Liefeld drew this panel, he's like, all right, this is what it's all leading up to. My full page spread. I'm going to see all this fighting and action. Uh, it's just like, I don't know, a kid with too many paints. I got to say, the uh, the pouches on this page look lot, really good. A lot of, yeah, uh, Thunderbird has got like 28 of them alone. I want to see an adaptation of like maybe in a Deadpool movie where somebody has this many pouches. Cause like, this is a lot of pouches. What do you think's in all those pouches? He's got pouches that go all the way around his body. Yeah. yeah. Like you, it's you, not even useful to you, have butt pouches. You, well, I mean, that's, that's like your long term. Like you put your protein bar back there. I and mean, like, maybe you can swivel it around. Maybe if he, he like, it it just moves so he can get to the back ones easily by moving them to the front. You know what it is? It's a, it's a belt, and then there's a bunch of ball bearings in there. And so he's <laughs> able to just very easily and very quickly slide that thing around to be like, okay, now I need whatever's in this pouch. Because I don't think we ever see anybody ever actually open a pouch and pull something out. They're all just filled with gorp. <laughs> I feel like they're probably filled with sand. <laughs> just to, Just to get that sort of that puffiness that they've got. Just to get the feel. Yeah. It's, everybody's doing like a cardio workout. But Adam, since you mentioned it, and I don't know if it's universal, but can can you tell everybody what GORP is? <laughs> no, I can't. Let's see. It's uh, what? Oats is no, but, the O. Oh, uh, yeah. Granola is the G. Uh, raisins. raisins and peanuts? Peanuts? Yeah. Granola. What did you say the O was? Wasn't it, isn't it like oats? Sure. Well, isn't granola and oats synonymous? I don't know. Oats like oatmeal? Maybe it's not oats. Maybe it's Oreos. No, it's definitely going to be. I'm going to look it up. My parents used to call it Gorp as well. And I'm like, it's trail mix. Just call it trail mix. <laughs> Gorp. Uh, a mixture of dried fruit nuts eaten as a snack by hikers and campers. Trail mix. But it's 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 an it's an acronym, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Good old raisins and peanuts. It's not granola. There's no granola and oats. Okay. And it's said to be the original trail mix. But the picture they show next to it is got, oh, my God, there's so many things. And there's pecans and, and almonds and uh, pistachios, chocolate chips, M&Ms, peanuts, raisins, uh, dried, Oreos? no Oreos, dried um, cranberries, uh, looks like Most. pumpkin seeds. Like this is this, the picture I'm looking at here, this is like insane gorp <laughs> gorp squared yeah but i would be sitting there definitely picking out all the chocolate chips and m&ms and then just leaving behind a bowl of uh nuts basically i don't want these raisins raisins are gross if they just had oreos it'd be the perfect <laughs> mixture anyways we could totally mm -hmm. pretend that the pouches are filled with gorp and even the bad guys have pouches some of them do at least and that's filled with space gorp <laughs> It's all just Oreos. <laughs> or uh, like, oh, you never saw Napoleon Dynamite. Never mind. No. There's a, there's a scene in which he's got like some parachute pants on and uh, in one of his pockets, which is kind of pouch-like, he's got um, uh, tater tots that he's saved from lunch. So these could be pouches filled with tater tots. 
Mm-hmm. Tater tots. I like tater tots. Who doesn't? That's why he saved them. He wanted them for later. You should really watch Napoleon Dynamite, Adam. Maybe one of these days I will, <laughs> and we'll do an entire Patreon episode about it, where we can talk about the minute details of every little thing about that movie. <laughs> this name I've already forgotten. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. So uh, Shatterstar showing just how, excuse me, just how bad he is, stabs himself through the gut in order to kill what I'm assuming is the final protectorate. Oh, I, you know, I didn't catch that. I thought he was stabbing like to his side. I didn't realize he stabbed through himself. Is that That's really what he cool does? That's how cool he is. No. Yeah, because in the next panel, he's like, ugh. I mean, you get the, then, the two-page spread. like, are you crazy? Why would he say, are you crazy, if he didn't stab himself? And then his dialogue uh, is all stilted. Simply willing to do whatever it takes to win. Well, so he doesn't, like, stab himself through the gut. It's got to be, like, through the side or something. I'm going to say it's through the gut. Okay. Maybe doesn't he's, matter. He's got different anatomy because he's from a different planet. There are no consequences whatsoever to it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're going to do I, – I, I just saw that, like, he's violent, right? And so he, he does the backstab, but you can't really tell from this two-page spread where the sword is other than it's really, really long and it ejects itself through the bad guy. But I just thought it was between his side and his arm. He's just, like, stabbing it backward. With all I of this feel strength. like this is Rob Liefeld and maybe Fabian Nicieza's idea of awesomeness. It's like, this is a guy who's so cool, he's willing to stab himself through the gut. Every other issue, he's going to stab himself through the gut in order to take out his <laughs> bad guy. And, and I, so all that being said, what I saw versus what you're just describing, um, I, I totally uh, agree with and I totally get. Um it, it's just the consequences piece. Like at some point in this, you need to show Shatterstar uh, or Shattershaw, whatever his hell his name is, uh, with just like blood gaping from his his stomach. Like, oh, we saved the day, but I'm going to be out of the count for the next couple of days. Yeah. But well, you, you don't get any of that. It's just. Well, that's how tough he is because he's that tough. He's a tough MFer. He doesn't even bleed. He's so tough. So that's when the Morlocks uh, show up and uh, Cable gets to do an Indiana Jones thing. Where he just shoots somebody in the head and their head flips backwards. Yeah. The guy, the brute or or, or whatever his name is, is like, oh. I think this, yeah, I think this is brute. Yeah. He's walking towards him. He's flexing. Cable pulls out his gun and just shoots him in the head. Get him, boys. Hey, it was brute because the other guy's like, brute? <laughs> oh, uh, Mask calls Cable Toaster Man. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so after um, Cable murders Brute in cold blood, he points his gun at Mask and says, okay, we'll make a decision. Stay or, or get out. And so they leave. So that that's that problem's resolved. This is all supposed to be amazingly badass, rather. I just, I just said bad and kind of left it there hanging. But <laughs> no, I meant to say badass. <laughs> so the mission debriefing room, sub-basement level 2, 6.33 p.m., um cable's like we can't stay here everybody knows we're here we have to become an x-force you're all graduated (laughs) you don't need to learn anymore let's go oliver knows i'm here what (laughs) six three minutes later 6 36 p.m an ending 7 37 p.m top side 
you get a really bad drawing of Cannonball standing next to Boom Boom. It's terrible. Yeah. His hair is just terrible. This is this is the new style. Her hair and his hair, they're all both poofy. I like her hair. I mean, it's okay. But he his is just out of control. He's got his little crash helmet on with the little straps. Uh, and then his waist is like, I don't know, a foot too tall. He's got permanent bedhead. Yeah. And there they're sort of like, oh, we're going to miss this place. Had so many memories. Um, but we're going to hang they- out. We're going to check out where this is going. And then boom, boom, and cannonball hug, which is nice, right? Because they're like, yeah, we're friends. And we, can we trust know each they're other. friends, I guess, probably yeah. first issue, hundredth, you know, picking this up for the first time, probably young little 12 year old me thought this was like, oh, they're in a relationship. Oh, of course, right? Because they're hugging. But the nice thing. Uh, so props to, I guess, both Rob Liefeld and Fabian Nassisia. I feel like the way that this is written is uh, they are friends. They have each other's backs. And there's no like, because normally in a comic book, when a character characters embrace uh, or kiss or whatever, it's because ooh, a relationship is starting. Yeah. And this is just, eh, let's see what happens here. So we're, tell like, me why friends. you're sticking around. Well, what you said works for me. Okay. Yep. Um, just don't tell anybody I said so. I won't boomer. You can trust me. I know, Guthrie, with my life, with my heart. Young us would have read that and been like, ooh. But, ooh, they, they're clearly involved. Yeah. Uh, they take off on like a little boat or something. I'm no, not really sure what's going no, on. It's like, Adam, it's a land speeder. I guess it is a land speeder. It's yeah, clearly a land speeder. Um, so, yeah, they, they take off and I guess they're going to X-Force land. We get four panels of zooming in on the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. What is this supposed to mean? I mean, come on. This is dumb. Why not just do one panel of the Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters? Show the leaves. It's the same thing. It's the theme music. Is like, dun, 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yes, it's Terminator 2. But that's what's like happening as we zoom in on Even if you take this from like a film perspective. Why are we zooming into the O's of the Xavier? Like, this is not something that happens in film either. What is this reference? This is a reference to. I feel like, if anything, you would do the opposite, right? You would start close in on the sign, and then you'd pan out wide so you see the entire sign, and then you'd pan out even wider so that you see, like, the grounds. Sort of like, okay, we spent a lot of time here, and then you'd fade it out, right? That's done, and then then you do your prologue. And that's setting the stage. Like, what you're describing is, like, you know introducing something right the new thing is happening this is over but we're going to the new thing this, this is, is just dumb this is I mean, the, this is the opposite is... when you're zooming into something like that you're like what's going to happen at xavier's school i bet you it's going to be important then <laughs> it zooms in too far i mean it's just completely like and actually the second panel or the third panel is actually more zoomed in than the fourth panel is but the fourth panel is the letters are bigger yeah even that doesn't make any sense oh, i I would say it's a copy and paste, but the leaves are in a different position. So uh, you're you're right. It's the exact same, just just closer. Um, this could work if somehow your sign had a different, like if if the configuration of letters that you zoomed in on sort of set the stage for something else. But well, this you just... zoom in like traditionally, you zoom in to show something, right. and here I guess we're zooming in to show the leaf. Right. The leaf is the new beginning. (laughs) Uh, So you end up starting with Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. And at the end of the four panel sequence, it says 
Evier Chuer Gif Ungs. And that's how we, we exit the... Somebody thought it was going to be dramatic, but... I, I think that's supposed to be dramatic, but I, is it... I mean, does it just show the passage of time? What what are we getting from this? I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I've, I've probably spent more time no. on this four panels than anyone has ever thought about them. Passage of time would be neat, but then you wouldn't do the zoom in. You just kind of show like, you know, s- spring, summer, fall, winter. Or even just the same panel four times with different leaves falling on it would be more effective than what this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's an interesting choice. It's just a, I think it's just, you know, it kind of exemplifies all of the bad choices that are being made. Anyways, we, we do get a prologue and in the prologue we see, yeah, we (laughs) see strife ascending some stairs and he, he meets up with some bad guys whose name I can't remember, but I think we've seen them before. Is this the post credit sequence? Is yeah. this the uh, initial post credit sequence? Probably. Oh, God. Skids and uh, what's his face are here? Uh, let's see. Wildside. I think we've met Wildside before. He's here. Uh, but he shows up, right? He's, follow, he's got his big dumb helmet. And you got a whole bunch of guys here. Some of them we know. Some of them we don't. Rusty and Skids are there. So this Rusty, is. Yeah, this is the uh, definitely the mutant liberation front. I uh, Skids is. Kind of asking, like, hey, are all these terrorist acts necessary? Rusty's like, yeah, I agree. And then this girl, who I don't know if we know, she's like, shut up, Rusty, you wimp. Let the man talk. <laughs> so we st- we know that Rusty and Skids were, were they kidnapped? Or were they kind of like, you know, stay and die or come with us and live? I feel like it was the, the latter. Yeah, I don't remember exactly where that was. Because Rusty was going to go to jail and yeah. know, Skids goes where Rusty goes. Uh, oh, she's Strobe, the the redheaded woman. Um, so yeah, they're they're gonna do some hit and run tactic salvos. Strike force consists of forearm, who's who's got like a Hawkeye helmet with a um, Cyclops visor. Reaper, who just looks like male Domino. Uh, Zero, who I don't know who that is, and Skids. So this is silly because they have four small same size panels mm-hmm. of four heads, and you put each of the people that he's talking about into these panels, but the first panel has rusty in it. Why don't you put the first panel is forearm? Well, zero. We don't know who the zero se- is or, or zero. <laughs> uh, the, the second panel is reaper. The right. third panel is zero. Cause he's the one mentioned third. And then skids is the last one. Well, I feel like it's because, you know, rusty and skids are an item, uh, their own kind of team, if you will. And he's being left out of this op. Zero's got to be the guy with the zero on his face um, on the previous page, standing in front of the big sumo wrestler guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to, to his side. He looks like kind of a, a like a one-eyed cyborg. Yeah. And, like, and uh, then, uh, yeah. I felt running out of steam on these pages. Oh, yeah. And so Strife is like, all right, everybody, leave the room. But I want you back here at 0900 for the briefing at 1100. And he takes his helmet off, and we see that it's an old man. <laughs> Which, you know, it's supposed to be Cable. Um, and I think even as a kid, I knew that. But at the same time, I didn't know what it meant. It means that I think, like, oh, wait, Cable's leading this team, too? <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. When we were younger, I think you saw this reveal, and you're like, oh, okay, Cable's a double agent. is probably what I thought. Uh, but now as an older person, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, it, he kind of has the same hairline as Cable, but this it's hair is blonde. Yeah. 
He's got he's, a, he's colored differently. He's got a like essentially a mullet, but his eye is blinking like Cable's eye uh, does. He's got a scar. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, so yeah. Well, I don't know what that. Uh, I, I don't know what that means. Starting this June, X Force monthly from Marvel, and if this doesn't whet your appetite, we don't know what will. Oh, my appetite is wet. In in one of the few uh, Marvel Unlimited's issues to to show a letters page, uh, we get one. It's random. Like sometimes I think there are, and there are a lot of them in Avengers issues for some reason. Okay. Because I've been kind of scanning through those. But yeah, you don't see this all the time. So we do get, I just kind of skimmed this uh, in one of the letters here written by Vincent Betts. He says, um, let's go through the team. Cannonball, stupid, dopey hat. Agreed. Sunspot, sunspot, stupid, boring, generic power. I don't think his power is generic, but he is kind of boring. Rain, gone, stupid. Richter, gone, stupid, funny haircut. Warlock, dead, somewhat foolish. Disagree. Warlock's awesome. <laughs> boom, boom. She's okay. Uh, and then somewhere, this guy is like, you got to bring Deadpool back. Yeah, which is, is just shocking to me because, like, from that first appearance, who would have thought? But apparently people are clamoring for it. Yeah, because he doesn't. People know what they like. Oh, here we go. Uh, also, X-Force isn't exclusively a mutant-oriented name, so Deadpool can join. But why, you asked? Get revenge on Tolliver. Um, and then he also goes on to say, uh, uh, this book needs cable. Um, sometimes Liefeld draws cable way too big. I've seen him look about nine feet tall. Make no mistake, though. I think Rob's art is fantastic. Until Deadpool's own comic hits issue number 100, make mine marvel. So the question is, does Vincent Betts never, does he not read anymore? I don't know. Because I, I feel like Deadpool has at least had 100 issues. Maybe it hasn't hit 100, though. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he could decide. If you're the, listening, Vincent. Yeah. You're, well, we want to know, are you still reading comics? So the editor does say, uh, okay, Vince, we promised you'll be seeing more of Deadpool soon. That's true. I think he's in X-Force issue two, which is the first issue that I have with Deadpool in it. So Which is I, not nearly worth as much. I wonder if they did this whole letters to the editor and they're like, oh, people like Deadpool. But issue number one of X-Force was already done. So like, ooh, let's try to shoehorn this thing into uh, into uh, X-Force number two. I'm sure that Rob Blyfeld was planning to bring Deadpool back. I'm sure. I yeah. mean, he's got all the staples of awesome, like, Rob Blyfeld characters. He's got pouches. He's got tiny feet. He's got – he's basically Spider-Man. Yeah. But he has guns instead. He's he was planning to bring him back. He's rad. He was going to make him popular even if he wasn't popular. Yeah. Just so happens he was. His first appearance is apparently worth $500. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I don't have that either. If only I had started buying New Mutants two issues earlier. Or if only Rob Liefeld had waited to put uh, Deadpool's first appearance in an issue of X-Force. Yeah, I agree. What a jerk. Wolverine number 38. This issue was fun. Death in Venice. Uh, Yeah, you know, Storm's out looking for Wolverine. Got a whole bunch of thugs that have wanted posters for Wolverine, and they actually have video footage of Wolverine holding up gas stations and other places for all this money. 
Uh, but he's hanging out with this little girl, which is kind of weird. He's got claws. and but The little girl is supposed to be his hostage. Oh, oh, that's right. And, uh, you know, Storm's watching this video, right? She's kind of infiltrated these bad guys because she's looking for Wolverine because she's wondering why all these people have Wolverine wanted posters. And we actually see Wolverine get shot in the back, but he's able to leave. So evidence here is pretty strong that Wolverine is, you know, holding up banks and such and stealing money but storm yeah. should be like hey ever since yeah, so- we went through the siege perilous we can't be videotaped so that can't be wolverine <laughs> well you know these things get forgotten doesn't <laughs> pop his claws at some point too which also leads you to believe like how many other people have yeah. claws and so these people are about to shoot storm in the back and so she whips up a windstorm and and blows them away she gets a little witty dialogue where somebody's like hey baby you want a date and she says july 14th 1992 What's that supposed to mean? And she says, that's the date you might get out of traction if you even try to touch me. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> is, what is traction? I don't know. I'm assuming that's a medical thing. And comics don't usually reference what date they're taking place. So I don't know when July 14th, 1992 is in relation to this issue. Whatever that joke is, it didn't age well. <laughs> Traction, the action of pulling or drawing something over a surface, especially a road or track. The so, grip of a tire on a road or a wheel on a rail. So she's going to whip up a windstorm so powerful that it blows him around for a couple of months? I'm not really sure. And he's just being dragged along a road what in traction? What matters is that Storm looks tough. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know she's a tough girl because she said that cool line. Meanwhile, we see Wolverine getting off of a bus, not with a little girl, but with two adult women who are like, oh, Logan. Bunny and Cindy. Come spend time with us. We want to have some more fun. But then these thugs come out and they're like, we see this wanted poster. You got to come with us. And they end up knocking him out. Now, I've, I've been, I've, I used to ride the bus a lot. Mm hmm. And I've never seen anybody dressed like these two women on the bus. No. Um, I've seen people dressed like Wolverine on the bus. Yep. Well, he's overweight here. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a cowboy hat. And he just looks like a hillbilly. Uh, and this is this is Sylvester and Green. Uh, not quite at their best, in my opinion. I, I'm enjoying it. They're doing a little kind of Elvis parody with this one guy. It's kind of fun. There's a couple of ways you could look at it. The first way is that they're they're having fun with this issue and yeah. having fun with the Wolverine run or they're just like whipping these things out. And it's probably the former. I'm going to I'm going to give them that credit. It seems like they had fun with this issue. There's a lot of fun dialogue and fun action and I don't know. It was I I enjoyed it, but I'm biased. So even after Wolverine's knocked out and taken hostage or whatever, Wolverine and this girl hostage break into this fancy party, get shot, and then they get all the money and they're driving around uh, to a warehouse that's got a silver surfer painted on it, which is weird. So then the guys that clobbed uh, Wolverine go up to the the guys that are looking for Wolverine and say he's in the trunk. And they're like, how could he be in the trunk if he's knocking up one of our joints? And then Wolverine pops out of the trunk and says, that's just what I wanted to know. He steals their car. And he goes presumably to where they are. Yeah. He just got off the freeway and now he's headed. He's on Venice Bell, uh, Boulevard headed towards the beach. So Wolverine follows him. Here we learn in the next page that the uh, 
little girl is actually driving the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was wondering about this. Like, are they in England? Because no, in, they're, they're in Venice Beach. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really... All the people in bikinis, with sil- silhouetted bikinis. Get out of my way, you stir-fried vegetables. And we head back to Australia, where Pierce is going over his big plan here. The, the little girl, her name is LCD. We did meet her recently. Um, Lady Deathstrike is, is in a pool of green nutrients, we'll call them. She's in her back to tank. Yeah, yeah, she's in a back to tank. Uh, and LCD, wherever there's not like Android frame and computers, it's just nothing but plastic explosives. Yeah. She's just going to blow Wolverine to heck and back. And, and Pierce uh, thinks that she was programmed correctly, but we know that she was programmed with a superior intellect. Bonebreaker uh, even says it like, oh, yeah. man, hey, Reese, I kind of screwed up and I gave her all of the logic. Do you think I should tell Pierce? He's like, nah, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. <laughs> Sit tight. Maybe it'll work itself out. <laughs> and we saw all that last issue. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Wolverine's driving around. He's got a, a radio and a headset on that he... He's stuck in traffic. ...found somewhere. Bumper to bumper. Yeah. And so he's listening to... I don't know. He's tracking something down with his little sensor set up here. They they had they said they had tracking in the money. Okay. So he's tracking the money. Where did he get this the, tracker from? It was in the car. Why? Or, or he took it off of the... Uh, the other guys who had the tracker. Okay. We don't actually, we didn't see how he got the car. That's... So presumably he burst out of the trunk. He said, I'm going to borrow that tracker in your car to the other guy. Uh, I figure what their names are, Sally and something. Um, and then he put it in the car that he burst out of. And then he went right into rush hour traffic. So LCD is uh, modifying. We learned that the other Wolverine is Albert. He's a, he's a robot as well. Uh, and we saw that last issue, I think him floating around in a back tank. Yeah. Uh, so she, she reprograms him because now she's got the, all this intellect and whatnot. Um, and you're gonna make your way smarter and it's kind of neat, like pulls off the top of his head and then puts it back on. Reminds me of Terminator. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I wonder at this point, Terminator 2 has probably already come out and that's what they're copying this on. Maybe. Although much of that sequence in terminator 2 was in the director's cut okay but there was a, a, a i think a small part where she pulls the chip out puts it back in i remember he takes off his arm which is better than the director's cut we've talked about that the director's <laughs> cut of terminator 2 is too long that seems to be the the thing about james cameron director's cuts i guess with the exception of the abyss which yep. i haven't seen <laughs> I was but you just always gonna say about. that's the only way to watch that movie but uh, the Aliens director's cut is too long, in my opinion. I need to watch Terminator that again. Terminator 2 is too long. Yeah, well, they throw in a whole bunch of really terrible Edward Furlong lines where you're like, cut yeah, that out, it's bad, cut it Terminator out. Terminator 2 is a perfect movie. You can't make it better. The theatrical um, release, right? The theatrical yep, release, yeah. Totally agree. Younger me would not. Younger me would have been like, no, it's the director's integrity. And and then after watching that Terminator 2 director's cut, I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> the theatrical cut is, is perfect. Younger me wants to see all those cut scenes because cut scenes are cool. Right. Older me is like, yeah, and they don't make the movie better. Yeah. Unless it's I don't know. Abyss. I don't know if it's a director's cut because the studio overruled him, but in this case, they were right. Yeah. That, that movie's paced perfectly. Yeah. I completely agree. 
Anyway, Wolverine, his, his car happens to pick up uh, oh, oh. Cindy and Bunny. Hang on, hang on. Albert doesn't want to be alone, so LCD puts a modem in Albert. Oh, right. Which, I just want to point out, in 1991 or two or whatever this is, like means he would have to go find a phone line, plug in, make that horrible screeching noise in order <laughs> to connect to whom? I don't know. The They're in California, so the... Uh... The BBS or whatever. Yeah. Oh, totally. The BBS. But it's just such a such a random like, oh, you'll never have to be alone again. I gave you a modem. It's supposed to be cute. I guess. It's cute. Do people in 1992 are they like, what the hell is a modem? I think, no. I think at that point we all had America online. Mm, so we I, all know we all knew what was going on. I, feel, I, I think you're right. I think there was an America online. I, I think it was bleeding edge though. Like you had to be like fancy to have uh, an America online account and to be paying like a buck a minute or whatever it was. Yeah. I'd agree with you. The most people, most average people probably did not know what a modem was. Yeah. But I would say people of the age of that were reading this comic probably at least knew what the internet was. That's true. But anyways, yes, as you you were saying, Wolverine uh, does find uh, Cindy and Bambi or whoever. Um, Cindy and Bunny, close. Whatever, and they're they're wearing the wearing the skimpiest uh, of bikinis. And they're like, we want to go to the beach. We just thought we'd go to the beach, but we didn't know it was so far. These girls are dumb. If, in case you didn't get it, they're super dumb. They have surfboards. They're gonna go surfing. Uh, and Wolverine's like, I don't find it hard to believe that you haven't had any offers, and they're like, we were picky, and you owe us. So they get in and like, where are we going to put our boards? And then Wolverine cuts the top of the car off to make it a uh, a convertible. And they drive off to the beach with their surfboards so that they can go surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, LCD. She's... And, I, I have to, and I have to just mention it. Uh, that these girls are drawn very um, realistic. Like, I feel like these are actual body types. Uh, and no, it's it's cheesecake, very, man. They're very slim bikini body types, but their waists aren't cinched too skinny. Yeah. I feel like they're at least realistic. These are realistic supermodel drawings. These aren't yeah. like contorted, they're, they're like not, over-sexualized. Realistic normal people, but they, yeah, they're realistic yeah. supermodels. I, uh, I I could imagine that there's probably some Cindy Crawford photos that, that yeah, are exactly. similar to this. Uh, so I agree with that, but it, it's still... Um, unrealistic body types in my opinion <laughs> well i mean realistic body pipe types that are uncommon sure <laughs> agreed lcd is so smart that she is able to do repairs on herself um yeah and she actually has her taken her own head off mm-hmm. and she is uh soldering yeah just has her brain exposed and putting a bunch of making, chips in there i don't know we don't we never learn what she's doing to herself We'll probably learn that next issue. She's probably trying to override her programming. She is programmed only to explode. Oh, when that's right. Wolverine shows up. Uh, Albert is essentially a distraction to get Wolverine to not be paying attention, so that when the little girl shows up, she can blow up. Uh, blow up. Yeah. Wolverine shows up with the ladies at the warehouse. We know it's the oh, warehouse. We, we get a panel of a storm still tracking everybody. Oh, right. And she's also still blowing up houses. Yeah. She's pretty violent in this issue, but to be fair, somebody did draw a gun on her and did try to fire it. So yeah. she's 
just got just got good reasons. So as Wolverine pulls up to the warehouse, LCD tells Albert to get down through the uh, through the trap door. Um, but I don't understand this because then we cut to Wolverine on the boardwalk. Well, we get a panel of of Wolverine talking to the girls, and he says, "I've got some business to take care of here first. And they say, "Oh no, you don't! Oh, you're you're going to take, take us, us to the, the beach, beach first. Yeah. And so he does. Okay. So and they're walking down the the boardwalk, and Wolverine's like, "I thought you wanted to go to the water." So you could surf with your surfboards. And she, the girls are like, what? And get our suits wet? Don't be silly. Yeah. Uh, oh, and they don't have their surfboards anymore. Yeah, they left it behind. I don't know why Wolverine even is bothering. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I can't really hang out too long. I have an appointment with my doppelganger. Is that like an acupuncturist? Yuck. Yuck. I hate needles. <laughs> Albert is below the boardwalk and Wolverine sort of, uh, I don't think he senses it. He hears the snect of Albert's yeah. claws and he's like, get away from me, girls. Uh, and then Albert is able to have Wolverine fall under the boardwalk and then they fight. Yes. And Wolverine even comments at some point, something wrong here. Why didn't I sniff this guy out mm-hmm. until it was right under me? The other bad guys show up and they're like, my car, he saw it at the top right off. So now everything's coming to a head, right? You've got Albert and Wolverine. You've got these guys that are after Wolverine. But then Storm shows up. She's about ready to t- team up with Wolverine, who's who's fighting with Albert. Uh, and they're wearing the same clothes, which seems... Um, it's, it's a good plan on Pierce's part. Well, I mean, how did they know Wolverine was going to wear that exact blue checkered shirt on that day? They had Spiral do some reconnaissance. Oh, Spiral doesn't, or Lady Deathstrike? Doesn't Spiral work for Pierce occasionally? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I thought Spiral created the uh, the body the, shop, which the body shop, and they, they created the Reavers. Yeah, I don't know how any of that ties in with Pierce, or if it even does. But sure, yeah. Uh, so Storm causes a uh, tidal wave to knock these other bad guys out of the way, while Wolverine uh, slashes through Albert, revealing that he is nothing but a robot, which is why he couldn't smell him. Albert's like, LCD, help me. It's burning. I'm in pain. I'm going to be alone. This is what it's like to die. She says, no, you've got backup systems, but you have to go somewhere and repair yourself. Right. She can't pronounce R's most of the time. And uh, she, I have to do what I was created to do. So she starts, she sets a fire to the building that she's in. Yeah. I can't overwide my primary directive any longer. I don't know. If I'm Larry Hama, I'm like, why am I doing this? There's so many uh, different dialects in this. Like, even the thugs speak with, like, thick kind of gangster accents. So I think he's having a good time. And I had a good time reading it. So I got no complaints. I like all the W's. Albert slumps over. I don't know if he's dead or if this is he's just playing possum so he can go repair himself. The warehouse, I guess, across the way is on fire. LCD leans her head out the window. She's like, save me, please. The flames are getting closer. Please help me. And Wolverine springs into action. Hang on, little darling. I'm coming right up. I feel like this is more of a storm thing. Like, I'd be like, hey, uh, storm, why don't you go and put out the flames? Yeah. Why don't you and fly I- over there <laughs> and then drop a bunch of rain on it? Save that and, girl. And, and I'll, I'll go in and help out the girl. But like. You know, this is kind of your deal. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. To it, be continued. To be continued. Um, I'll give, so I'm, I'm mixed on this issue. Like uh, Larry Hama can definitely make a story move, right? Like there was no point where I'm like, oh my God, it's so boring. Nothing's happening. But on the other hand, it was kind of goofy. I think it's supposed to be kind of goofy. Yeah. I think they're just telling a Wolverine adventure that's sort of fun. And, and I've always loved LCD and Albert, so I'm totally biased. Speaking of a Wolverine story that's not fun, let's talk about <laughs> Spider-Man number nine. This is Perceptions Part 2 of 3. Wolverine's in this. Yes, he is. This whole thing is just depressing. There's a child murderer on the loose. (laughs) This is like Todd McFarlane's going to be gritty. And there's, 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 we see dead children. And I think we see dead animals. And I think we see Wolverine. Do we see Wolverine kill somebody at some point? Wolverine threatens some guy and tells him to stop hunting animals because there's the people have gone crazy because Wendigo is killing. Well, they, they we think Wendigo think is killing Wendigo, yeah. children. Yeah. So hunters are on the loose and they're just killing all the animals. So Wolverine threatens a for like 10 pages, threatens some hunter to go tell the other hunters to stop being hunters. Right. Like that's going to work. And, uh, then he even writes you promised on his card just to just to nail it down yeah and the man the the framing of it when he's like he runs and to me this i'm trying to find the panel here cuz it is like 10 pages long uh, it's trying oops. to evoke like a horror movie well exactly right um i can't find it but it's supposed to be like you know oh i just escaped the villain i'm really not going to change my ways uh but it would be more like you would see on the car, like written in blood, like we have your wife or something yeah. like that. Like, oh my god, like uh, the reality. But this is like you promised, scratched on his car. Definitely the ho- evoking the horror uh, trope there. But um, yeah, mm. I mean, from a from a visual standpoint, this is obviously very shadows and light and pretty impressive. Uh, unfortunately, it moves at a snail's pace. Yeah, and it kind the- of. It's kind of a five-part series that should have been a one-part series, or maybe two. Yeah. It's just it's just boring. And then we get Peter Parker talking to people for, like, five more pages. And then he finally turns into Spider-Man. And then we're like, ah, there's Todd McFarlane. And the full-page spread of Spider-Man on, on page 12? This is great. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. He's all, I mean, he's contorted in like positions a, a real human couldn't be, but you just, for some reason, when you see Spider-Man like that, you're like, yeah, hey, I'll buy that. Of course he, he can do that. He's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Todd McFarlane draws the best spider webs. Yep. Bar none. I'm looking at uh, page 15 and just like all this detail of just like the webs going all over the places he's got like a handful of them which makes a lot of sense when todd mcfarlane draws spider-man like clinging to things or swinging it's not just like one rope that's going out it's like a whole bunch of them that he's got all bunched up which you're like yeah that makes sense like he needs he's probably 155 pounds you know he's got to have a little bit more support uh, in this one, I was trying to like follow all the webs to see if they made sense, but at some point, it's like, I don't care. It just looks cool. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I think it is just, I don't think he's, he's thought about the weight or anything like that. Maybe he has, but you're right. It does look cool. It's intended to look cool. 
And then, yeah, the other thing I'll give uh, Todd McFarlane a lot of credit of, because you're right, the story moves so slow. And my recollection of all of the, because I think he does, his run is like 20 some issues. I think he's got two five parters, a couple of two parters. That far. I think he only gets for like 15 issues, maybe 14, 15. You might be right. If if that. So he's got a couple of two parters and then like two five parters. I think that's it. I don't think he ever does like a one shot issue. Uh, but my point there is that he has, so maybe he's been doing some of the cinematography studying because his panel layouts, his the drawings, angles, and all that sort of stuff, establishing shots and whatnot, they're all there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's definitely been either studying films or, or just has storyboards or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's boring. <laughs> Um, it's so boring. I don't even remember what happened. Uh, everybody's looking for Wendigo and we see Wendigo sleeping and a hunter sees Wendigo sleeping. Yes. And the hunter, there's like, they hired some sort of specialized tracker to lead the hunters to Wendigo. Wolverine's also looking for Wendigo. When Wolverine discovers there are other bodies in the woods and the hunter, the tracker discovers Wendigo. They start shooting at him. Spider-Man is now in the woods. So I guess on his he's way. There. Yep. Wolverine's also on his way. We see Wendigo like, screaming or something. Right. Well, we he's, don't really know what happened. We just saw a shot. A shot goes off. And I think what what's supposed to happen now is probably Spider-Man heard it and he's on his way. Wolverine probably heard it and is on his way. And then we see the Wendigo just like roaring into action. So whether or not Wendigo got shot... Uh, Wendigo is mad. And then we get this newspaper, Bigfoot everywhere. Could there be more than one? Uh, I guess reports to exemplify the the kind of madness that's going on in the town. Right. Because there's a lot of newspaper headlines that are sort of sprinkled in throughout this issue. Peter Parker meets up with this journalist who's like, oh, I didn't want to write the story, but now I got to write it every day because it's what's happening. But it's fueling all of this, this, uh, uh, craziness yeah yeah that's it it just kind of ends on that one page i don't i mean it does there's no like to be continued or anything at the bottom it just kind of ends um and i'm assuming that this is a scan directly of those original pages so i guess it probably would have been followed up with the letters page and that's it i don't know if there were letters pages in the todd mcfarlane's ones i feel like there weren't i don't i could be there probably were I don't know. But then uh, you're going to have to do this one. I didn't even read it. Uh, Marvel Comics presents number uh, 63. Yeah, I'm trying to load it. It uh, it was the second part of a two-parter done by Dwight Zimmerman and Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, that's weird. He was a penciler before he was a senator, huh? <laughs> weird. Okay. It's the same guy. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, anyways, those two did a boring story of Wolverine in the woods. Yeah, it, the it, it left off last issue where we thought that Wolverine was in berserker mode and that we, he was going to kill all of his friends in, and uh, that he supposedly already killed uh, Archie. Oh, the, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pilot friend of his. Yep. Still loading the issue, so I'm just kind of making this up. Well, I didn't read it, so. Um. And it's sort of a horror-esque kind of thing where he's tracking everybody and they all think he's going to kill them. 
and uh, Tiger Tiger is there, and she's like, oh, no, Wolverine's berserker, and he's going to probably going to kill me too. We're all in trouble. And Wolverine kind of takes them out predator style one by one. And then at the end, when he finally takes out the last guy, he reveals that he hasn't been a berserker this whole time. He was a berserker at some point, but he got over it. And Archie's alive as we all knew. Oh my gosh. uh, It, it, it's not a bad story. It's not a good story. It's a story. Um, doesn't really, doesn't really add anything except that it involves some of the Madripoor characters, which is, we haven't seen them in a while. So that's kind of nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. It existed. We also got the uh, conclusion to the uh, Scarlet Witch story. Surprises, she gets her body back. Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. She fights that time dude. She doesn't even fight him. She just kind of waits and then gets her body back. And then she's just able to escape. Good, good stuff. Yeah, good quality stuff happening in the pages of Marvel Comics Presents. You'll want to tune in, or maybe you won't, uh, next issue where we have the, I think it's like an eight-part Ghost Rider Wolverine crossover. As I recall, I own those issues. I think it was probably pretty good. But again, I was collecting both Ghost Rider and Wolverine, so I probably just liked it. Yeah, I I haven't looked at the cover of it yet, but I uh, uh, suspect, I can't remember if I started collecting Marvel Comics Presents at that point or once they do the Weapon X story. That's coming up. It might might be next after the Ghost Rider story. I can't remember. Yeah, and then uh, after the Ghost or the uh, the uh, Weapon X story, I believe I maintained my Marvel Comics pre- presents uh, collecting for quite a time. I know I have issue one hundred because I remember the Sam Keith cover. And That's it was... probably where I stopped because in my mind Sam Keith was drawing him weird. <laughs> I liked the weirdness that Sam Keith was drawing him as. Yeah, in 100% agree. In, in hindsight, I'm like, that was cool. Like, he was doing his own thing. But back then, I was like, it's different. It's bad. And that's where we first meet Cyber. And you're, he has, like, adamantium skin. And you're supposed to think that, like, I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, Cyber's going to be the next big thing. <laughs> he, he wasn't. Yeah. Oh. This Deadpool guy's not going anywhere, said my childhood self. Yep. Cyber is, though. <laughs> they're gonna make cyber movies <laughs> the cyberverse it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome so uh we we did get a a note on our website from bruce glenn uh which is the reason that i was pointing out some of the time stamps in new mutants 100 but he he goes on and points out some inconsistencies or some confusion maybe not inconsistencies in i think it's new mutants number 99 or 98 I don't remember which one. Yeah, it's 99. Uh, where they're going, you know, some of the pages establish things are happening on December 13th and then December 14th. But then when the reservation is destroyed, it's actually December 7th. Uh, and then you got some times of like Bobby informs Cable he's leaving at 845. But when Sam confronts Cable and Bobby, it's now somehow 845. So even though Fabian sees you... It's two minutes earlier, 847, 845. Yeah, really wants to like do these like these timestamps because it's adding some drama it it seems as though he's not able to sort of keep track of of those previous times that he's used somebody dropped the ball i feel like the december 14th december 7th thing was probably supposed to be december 17th sure sure yeah probably but somebody dropped the one whoever was penciling uh was 
couldn't read the script or whatever. It's like, whatever. <laughs> December 7th is fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's probably the letter's fault. Uh, and then the times, you know, 847 uh, and then 845. The 845 could have been a poorly written 849, right? And the penciler again is like, I don't know, 845? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and, but then on the other hand, it could just be like, we're doing this cool, like forward time, backward time, forward time. It's all discongruous. And that would be fine if it made any sense. Like at this point is, um, um, Pulp Fiction out and people are like, Ooh, it's neat to put things out of sequence. Or maybe this was a sign that Fabian Nicisiezo was like crying out for help. It was like, this is madness. Look what I'm being forced to do <laughs> just to keep my sanity. Yeah, it's a cry for help. Help me. Get me out of this. Uh, yeah. And then he goes on to talk about the cool factor of Iceman's Ice Gauntlets in X-Men number 64. And he doesn't correct us in that uh, we, I think we skimmed over the fact that Opal's mother poisoned Opal's grandfather. I think we said he was killed by ninjas. Yeah. I'm sure um, we just made something yeah. up because we forgot. Yeah, we probably, you know, you know how this works is we just kind of are skimming through the comic on these sort of B-side, C-side issues. And sometimes we, we definitely miss stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For example, pulling the curtain behind, I did read New Mutants 100, but it was two weeks ago. I read Wolverine <laughs> 38 yesterday and Spider-Man number nine, I definitely skimmed two weeks ago. And then, like I said, Marvel Comics presents number 63. I, I looked at the panels. I was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> so... There you go. That's that's really all we got today. Um, it says keep up the good work and hopefully 2000 our our 2022, not everybody's, just ours. Yeah. is fun and productive. I hope so too. Me too. Uh, and if you'd like to share your thoughts uh with us as far as what's happening with the comics, the podcast, etc., Visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com, go out to facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast, Twitter us at danger room go. Email us yes. dangerroom at xmenpodcast.com. Uh, and you can find our podcast on iTunes and wherever else you find your your favorite podcasts. So many places. Yeah, you got options. You can go out to uh, patreon.com forward slash dangerroom to to hear our hot takes on on current things. And actually a lot of G.I. Joe and Transformers. So we're we're definitely stuck in two different decades, the nineties and the twenty twenties. <laughs> So, our youth and our old age. Yeah. We don't know anything about the ni- the 2000s or the 2010s. It's just True. those other two, the 20s. I was thinking about this the other day. Like when, when kids are being taught history, uh, you know, we always talk about like the roaring 30s or 20s or whatever it was. Um, do they teach about the 1920s? Do they refer to them as the 20s? Because when we were kids, it was, yeah, it was like back in the 20s, they didn't even have the internet. I guess it's still thought of it, – it's probably not going to be another decade before that gets confusing. When we're in the 30s referring back to the 2020s, right? then we'll need to start referring to the 1920s. I think if some, you still say the 20s now, even though we're in 2022, right. I, I, I assume you're talking about 1920. Right. But at some point, in some generation, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. back in the 20s, what, like 10 years ago? <laughs> uh anyways that anyways. just means we're getting old um yeah and then our theme music is provided by laszlo Hollyfeld. and that's it adam check out our uh jeremy put together a 
a new YouTube uh, video. Oh yeah, we just yeah. talk about GI Joe stuff. If you yeah. like that sort of thing, yeah, it's that's posted all over the place as well. Um, we've got you know many many like I said scintillating topics where we talk about <laughs> things from our past. Uh, that Adam affectionately referred to as two old men waxing nostalgic. So I took all that name and put together a little video of us talking about meaningless things from our childhood. And there's more that could be developed, but I got to be honest, Adam, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I can only imagine. (laughs) I had uh, nothing to do with it, and I'm more than happy to watch you continue down the road. Uh, I like my part in it and just recording and, and stepping back. So we'll see if that goes in anywhere. Uh, but yeah, if, if people saw that video and, and want to see more of that video, you should definitely email us or comment or something and, and give me the encouragement to say, this is worth my time doing. Otherwise, Maybe we need to add another Patreon level that if you subscribe to that Patreon level, maybe it'll be like $50. Or <laughs> oh, then you have to create a new video. Oh, my God. And, know, and what's your what's your what's your cost? I don't like know how much. How much in your mind does it take for you to make those uh, monetarily make those videos worthwhile for the amount of work that you put into them? Um, I don't know what the average person spends edi- editing video, but it's been my experience that it's about an hour of time per minute. uh so so there you go okay uh but see i don't know adam when you edit video and i know i know that you have in the past like i usually like do the edit watch it do an edit watch it do an edit watch it like i've never been a person that's just like let me just crush through this edit rewatch it take some notes fix those things constantly like rewatching slowing down speeding up yeah, I mean you have to you have to rewatch it at least a few times. But just like like, like that scene. Then I'll watch the whole whole thing and they're like, ooh, that's too fast, that's too slow. Just have to catch like frame drops and stuff like that. You never know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well anyways, there you go. That's a little uh, more, more curtain pulled back. More curtain, more pulled back. Well, Adam, do you have anything else? I do not. Neither do I. So until next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the danger room is closed.